0: It's like a glow-in-the-dark lucy <laughs> it's a pleasure to meet you and to be home after 400 years according to ancient lore the dragon is the protector of the law and a duke's truest friend until it deems the duke worthy no more Da ding ding ancient lore
1: hello and welcome to Elegram, the podcast as always i am your host abdullah and yes you can finally stop asking me about doing an episode focusing on the loud House movie because we finally did it. We got someone who worked on the Loud House movie. So if you want all your Loud House movie talk, this is the episode to listen to. Because I am not going to be talking about the Loud House movie after this episode. And I just want to make one thing clear. There are going to be spoilers, some heavy like uh, language that you might not want your kids to listen to. So you have been warned. And with that out the way, how you doing, Kathy? Kathy, Kathy, Ka- is it Kathy or Kathy? Kathy, Kathy,
0: it's it's Katie.
1: <laughs> ah, Katie, uh, Katie. But my mom is
0: my mom is called Kathy, and my grandmother was called Kathleen. So we just like to keep it. It, it gets very confusing. <laughs> we just keep all those names in the family. Um, I love that you set me up there to be like a potty mouth sailor. I loved your warning that this is going to get that there's going to be a lot of swear swearing in this uh, in this podcast. I will try my best not to.
1: No, but I just I'm just pointing that out because I I know that people are you know you a lot of people who work in the children's media are have like some of the filthiest <laughs> mouths imaginable. Oh, I'm sure,
0: is. I'm sure. Yeah, that's so funny.
1: <laughs> which is which is hilarious. And you know, let I mean, let's be honest. Like, I had to get because i don't know if you've been listening to the podcast but because this year marks the fifth anniversary of the loud house i have been trying my hardest to get like as many loud house related guests as i can and and i've gotten quite a oh, lot fantastic. so there you go
0: oh fantastic you probably know more about the loud house than i do
1: <laughs> oh i'm a super fan so that's why i'm gonna be putting you on the spot and asking you questions oh then. no
0: I I that's amazing I yeah you definitely will know more you'll be schooling me on the Loud House then um it's amazing that you're a super fan I, I actually had no idea
1: I mean well because well don't tell anyone but uh the Loud House would... episodes usually do really well and I'm mostly known for like one of the first popular interviews I did was with uh Christina Puccelli, who do, who does the voice of Luann on the show and oh my goodness. so you know
0: they are they are so hilarious the cast of the loud house show they are so so funny all of the um all of the women on that show or the the women that voice the girls on that show and the what is the what is the boy called the main the main the actor who plays lincoln loud uh,
1: uh asher bishop
0: he is just so talented oh my goodness he's amazing he's amazingly talented
1: And uh, here's my first hot take for everybody. Um, uh, Lincoln has had many voice actors in the past five years because of, you know, most of them hit puberty and have to be replaced, but I'm just going to come out and say it. Asher is the best one. He is the best Lincoln. And uh, I feel sorry for the person who's going to take over the role after him because, oh boy.
0: (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine. So they've, they basically, so they swapped a couple of actors out then for who previously played that role.
1: Yeah. He's on his, uh, I think fifth voice actor now. So.
0: Um, he's, inc- he's incredible. Asher is incredible in this movie. Um, he's like the driving force for the whole movie. And it's just so, you know, cause you've, you've seen it, but it's so heart incredibly heartfelt. He just brings so much emotion to this role. Which is incredible, right? Like it's, it's an, anim- you know, to, to, for him to bring so much emotion into like a cartoon like this is really, un- the age that he's at is really unbelievable. Um, I think he's great.
1: Mostly because, and um, he's great because he, out of all the voice actors Lincoln has had over the years, he's the only one who can sing. So there you go.
0: <laughs> How good is the soundtrack to this movie? I absolutely loved it.
1: Uh, okay. Uh, confession time. When I okay. first watched the movie way back when it was when it got released like uh, a month ago, I was like busy taking notes and just like stopping the movie every couple of seconds just to, you know, tweet it out. And I had like this whole Twitter thread that I'm just like, you know what? I don't want to spam people's timelines with, with this. So I just like <laughs> eh, I'm just I'm just going to, you know, not bother with it. But um, my but throughout throughout my second viewing. I, I gotta admit it uh, during my second viewing uh, the soundtrack got stuck in my head and I just I just could not, I spent like I think uh, an entire weekend just listening to the soundtrack on YouTube and it's just
0: It's oh super yeah, it's super catchy I really really love it, I love musicals in general but I really I, really, uh, I felt that the music of the soundtrack was really fantastic I was, I've been singing it in the shower, singing it of my morning drive the whole bit
1: <laughs> especially um i i remember when i first watched the movie i just kept like re rewinding to uh loud castle because it's such a catchy song i'm like i want to listen to it again <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah i definitely rocked out to the loud castle song you know it reminds me of kind of um it reminds me of a lot of like the pop punk kind of music I would listen to, you know, when I was, when I was a young teen, um, I used to go to like, um, like a little kind of rock, like a little kind of punk rock club. There was a lot of like pop punk music back in the day. And I would sort of rock out to all that in my baggy jeans. It kind of reminds me of that, you know, it takes me back. It's kind of a throwback to that kind of music for me. Um, But um, the soundtrack was really eclectic and just really well done.
1: And I Um, just can't, and now i can't even watch the movie without singing along with uh to, to some of the songs because they're just so catchy especially um this town is named for you that that's such a catchy oh, song yeah
0: that's such that's such a catchy that's such a catchy um tune i didn't even know david Tennant could sing i mean he's he's so great he's so great in the movie but he's so great on the soundtrack and it was fun i had a couple of fans of the loud House movie record you know kind of um, covers or their own versions of the songs and send me send me a couple of videos of them singing and i got a real kick out of that as well you know that was really fun
1: so um we talked about it's kind of funny we're talking about the soundtrack and what have you but we haven't really talked about who you voice because and uh, (laughs) now we're getting into spoiler territory so if you don't want to be spoiled well tough (laughs) tough. (laughs) this is the point of no return so you voice um a couple characters. You voice uh old Aggie, uh, the secondary antagonist, and uh Lucille. Uh
0: yes, yes. Lucille is um a ghost. She's the she's one of the Loud family royal ancestors, and she's the um she's kind of the ancestral counterpart to Lucy Loud um and so she embodies a lot of Lucy's human qualities and they're both um very much in sync with each other and that's kind of a fun little they're kind of a fun little duo in this in this film and then I also voice old Aggie um which is just kind of a small part but um it was it it was it I got a real kick out of that. and she's kind of the sort of ancestral counterpart to um that you know the main protagonist voiced by Michelle Gomez and then I voiced like a sort of like Mrs. Scroggins, who's like a sort of one of the um, one of the sort of villagers, and she really cracks me up because she just seems to pop up or appear every now and then, and just likes to have her say, <laughs> and then she sort of disappears off into the crowd. And um, she's like that. She's like that very involved neighbor who always likes to chime in with an opinion. Um, so I, I, you know, I definitely had fun drawing. I definitely had a lot of characters from the sort of village I grew up in that I was able to draw from for these, you know, for all of these characters actually.
1: No, it's and it's uh, it's interesting because this is one of the few movies I can think of uh, that actually cast Scottish people to play Scottish characters, yeah. which is which is really nice. I mean, they didn't have to do that; they could have just hired anybody. But but they're like, we want this to feel as authentic as possible. And I didn't even I didn't even know the director was Welsh, by the way. So there you go. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, um, D- um, Dave. I don't actually know Dave as well. I-, I knew he was British, but um, I didn't. I do not actually know. He doesn't sound. He doesn't sound very well. She sounds. He sounds quite British to me. But he's um, yeah, he's he's from the UK as well. So he kind of has a a deeper understanding, you know, of the culture back there than say, you know, an American director would. But I was really surprised as well, um, to learn that um, to learn that um. David Tennant and Michelle Gomez were both in this film. I didn't. I didn't know that they were in this movie till you know maybe a couple months or whatever before the release, or a few months before the release. So I, I'm really. I was really happy that they cast you know all of these brilliant Scottish actors. And Billy Boyd was in it as well. He had like a, a couple of bit roles, and, and Ruth Connell had a couple of bit roles. She's another sort of well-known Scottish actor. So it was really an honor for me. You know, I mean, I, I'm certainly the least famous scottish actor in this movie and uh it was amazing for me to to be part of a film with so many other you know with with so many scottish greats in it so you know that made me really proud
1: because i i mentioned this like many times previously on the show but um nobody ever gets hired to play like their own ethnicity (laughs) they they usually get played you know a lot of, you know, American superheroes are played by Australians or British people. Right. That's and, right. And, you know, very rarely do you see an American playing an American. <laughs> and I just find, sure. that, find that hilarious.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it's interesting, you know, it's um, certainly, um, you know, now I live in Los Angeles. Most of the stuff I audition for is is American, you know. It's really exciting to me when something Scottish comes along because you know it means usually i have a, a better shot at it but it also you know it's it's really i i get really excited um, i get really excited the the more and more kind of scottish characters and references i see being kind of brought into you know mainstream games mainstream animation mainstream television shows it's exciting you know it's nice it's nice to see scotland on the on the map a little bit more you know
1: You mentioned like um, you know Scottish representation, but I always found it interesting that uh, you know your character in um, Mass Effect Andromeda was Scottish, which I which I'm like you know that was a nice detail. I mean, they didn't have to; they could have easily just had her be you know generic American. But they're like, you know, let's have her be Scottish, and I'm like, okay, that is um, interesting.
0: Well, yeah, you know, and it's exciting as well because it's sort of like you know nobody. Well, I can't speak for everyone else. You know, it's I don't I don't want to, I don't want to play games or or watch movies or TV shows where everyone looks the same and sounds the same and is the same. You know, it's like you, you want diversity, you want different accents, different cultures, different skin colors. When all of that comes together, um, it just makes for something really interesting and diverse that represents real life. And um, it was really cool. You know, I, I I loved I loved bringing a bit of Scottish charm to the, um, to the massive, you know, to the mass effect universe in that way. So that was really fun as well.
1: Because, uh, now that I think about it, like most of, you know, the, the original trilogy usually just featured like, you know, American accents and maybe a couple British characters here and there, if you were lucky, but, you know, this was the first time it's like, Oh man, you know, someone has an accent that isn't, you know, British or, or American.
0: no right exactly you know and and when i first moved to los angeles years ago there there just wasn't a lot of diversity at all you know even like sort of nine 10 years ago there wasn't much diversity and it's we've come a long way you know and um most of the stuff i used to read for was american but now you know often what happens now is when a, when an edition comes through um there will be some mention of people, you know, welcoming welcoming actors to use their natural accents, or you know, a specific interest in hearing different accents, um, or you know, if they're going to do an American read for an edition, do a second take in a another accent or your natural accent. So it's just a much more inclusive um, environment now than it used to be, and that's really exciting, you know, for for people like me who desperately want to bring part of their own culture or their own accent to the table. Um, when they when they play a part so I think it's I think it's great I mean what do you think from you know from your perspective as like a sort of audience member I mean do you you know you you, you seem to enjoy or for the sounds of it you seem to enjoy that hearing little different accents and different cultures kind of peppered into these to these projects
1: yeah because I always just find it funny that um, no one ever gets hired to play you know their own nationality right. it's always <laughs> it's true, like it's true. I mean, it's like House. You know, Hugh Laurie is British, and yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. it's it's weird watching something with him that's you know pre House and listening to his right. natural voice and and going this 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 sounds wrong.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, you know, and it's exactly. I mean, it's like I I know what you mean. There's there's just um, it's interesting because what I what I've noticed is I think just you know for a lot of us who grew up in Europe. Um, I don't know what it's like in Kuwait, but, you know, a good portion of, of the the TV shows and movies that I grew up with were American, right? So, you know, we spend our lives, lives absor- absorbing all of that American culture, all of those American accents. So what you find is, you know, perhaps people who are, are European or um, Australian or whatever are more likely to be able to do a convincing American accent because they've, they've been immersed in it for their entire lives. Whereas I found that it, it can be a little trickier perhaps for American actors to maybe to pull off a not that they can't, plenty of them can, but it's just I think it's a little trickier because, you know, they weren't exposed to a lot of, of Scottish or British or European um movies and TV shows growing up. So that kind of helps as well, right? That we just have such a that we're kind of so um influenced by American culture what's it like over in Kuwait? What's it like over in Kuwait? Are you guy? I mean, what's, you know, what portion of the, what portion of the shows and um, movies and stuff that you have access to is, is American? I
1: mean, a lot of it really. I, yeah. I remember, you know, after the Gulf War, there was this huge, um, huge interest in importing as many shows as we can, as we could. And most sure. of those shows were American shows, like hmm. French, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. um yeah. <laughs> And, uh, friends Seinfeld oh, sure. you know all all those shows and a lot of animated shows as well and that's why that's why yeah. I, um it was kind of interesting growing up as a kid and watching you know stuff like Dexter's Dexter's Lab and Powerpuff Girls and Johnny Bravo oh and not, yeah and not realizing that those were people doing the voices until like much later I'm like wait a minute <laughs> that's a person right
0: that's so funny um yeah, it's funny because we I, I I watched a lot of those shows growing up as well. Um, Friends was my favorite show growing up. I was obsessed. My you know I started watching Friends when I was like seven or eight years old. My my bedroom like my my uh, my walls were covered in Friends posters. I had the Friends bedspread, the Friends cereal bowl, <laughs> the Friends whatever you know, all of the stuff. Um, but what I've noticed is moving to Los Angeles, there's a, there's a whole, you know, we got we got plenty of American shows. There's a whole bunch of shows here that were hugely popular here that I'd never heard of, you know, stuff that I just we'd I just didn't have growing up. So I, I came to realize we actually only got a portion of what was being, you know, what was being created over here. And I thought that I think that's really trippy, you know, to know that there was like a whole bunch of a multitude of like shows and things that I, you know, I never got to see growing up. It was the same here
1: as well because they they just it, they just got like whatever was popular at the time. It wasn't, oh, let's right. just get everything we want to get our hands on. It was it was okay. What is popular right now? Okay, shows like uh, sitcoms and uh, action right. shows and movies and and what have you, and and that stuff as a kid, you know. Uh, you know, as, as you, know, you know, as as a as someone who is Kuwaiti, which um, you know you can't tell because I you know have the unfortunate uh, American accent, but um, you know your accent's some... actually
0: not your accent's not completely American. It's really unique, I think, and it's lovely.
1: <laughs> yeah, but uh, as someone who grew up watching a lot of these, you know, American media, I just assumed that that was how people who spoke English talked. Right, of course, and of course. It wasn't until years later I realized, oh, you know, there's dialects are a thing, and mm. you know, British dialects, Irish dialects, Australian dialects, New oh, sure. Zealand. Oh, It's man. just, and and that always like fascinated me because I'm like, wait a minute, like they're all speaking the same language, but right, but it's different. It's not. Yeah. It's not the same. Like a British, like that's what annoys me when people say oh british accent what kind of british accent uh northern uh, northern england you know accent uh uh cockney uh, right lancashire accent (laughs) yeah be more specific please
0: no no totally um something i've noticed the past and it's literally only been here been been the past couple of years Um, As an actor, when you get sent breakdowns, you know, for like voiceover, they've started to get quite specific with region. So, you know, I've read for a couple of things that have specifically asked for a Glasgow, a Glaswegian accent. And I thought, oh, my God, like, uh, you know, because I, you know, I'm very proud to be from Glasgow. But whenever, you know, growing up, a a lot of the, um, you know, the popular movies and stuff that have Scottish characters or depict kind of Scottish culture... um, leaned more into the um, more of a neutral Scottish accent or perhaps more of an Edinburgh accent I that I think from an American perspective, the, the the Edinburgh accent is a little prettier and maybe easier to understand than a thick Glaswegian accent. So I, I kind of thought to myself, secretly, no one, no one really wants to hear a, cl- a real thick Glasgow accent, you know, but they do. And, um, you know, I did a little bit of that for, uh, in Call of Duty, um, I played a character called Charlie in, in the kind of more recent Call of Duty games, A Soldier. And um, I definitely, I didn't fully lay on, I didn't go all the way extreme to the point where Americans wouldn't understand what I was saying. But I definitely was able to lay on some of that thick Glaswegian. And that was really fun, you know, because it doesn't happen very often.
1: And that's another thing is that when people think Scottish accent, they think, you know, one one type of Scottish accent. But no, there they are do there are different dialects when it comes to Scotland and I just yeah, kind are. of, I'm just kind of really annoyed that they just narrow it down to just one thing. Okay. Scottish uh, groundskeeper Willie from the Simpsons. That's Scottish, right? <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: That's really, really funny. Or like a lot of people, is it like Scotty from Star Trek or whatever, like people, people think that, um, you know, cause a lot of the, you know, it's, it's changing now, but traditionally a lot of the, a lot of the sort of, Um, the accents depicted in in, uh, TV, movies, games, were were all just very stereotypical. And, um, you know, certainly when I I, I did a game called um, Fallout 4 a few years ago, and certainly I I, I played a sort of Irish character for that, but certainly when I did that, that was about five years ago, they were looking for more of a stereotypical Irish accent for that character, you know. Um, But... Um, that, that, that Americans would recognize you know as being definitively you know Irish like a certain not like not like the lucky charms leprechaun, but you know in that kind of vein of something they would recognize, but that's kind of changing now you know um, I think they recognize that that um, audiences crave realism and, and nuance, and so you're just seeing more of a more kind of encouragement for for real authentic dialects and people bringing their own real voices and accents to the to the table. I think it's exciting, and clearly it was you know clearly it was enjoyable in this film. Um, I really loved you know the, I'm circling back to the Lighthouse movie because I know we went off on a tangent, or I think I took us off on a tangent. But
1: no, no, it's fine. It's, it, it, <laughs> it's it's fine. I love having conversations, and you know I love getting to know the person behind the voice. That's what that's my ultimate goal for this show is like getting to know the person behind the voice. So. You know, don't worry. Can I can I ask
0: not not to like flip the not to flip the thing here, but like, can I ask how long you've been doing this, doing the podcast, and and what and what got you into this? What made you want to do this?
1: Um, I started the podcast way back in November of 2012, uh, and hmm. um, you know, almost 10 years wow. now. And before oh, it was just you know, before it was just me and my friend Tom like talking about whatever. And, uh, we, you know, we, we did like a couple of interviews here and there, but it was like, it was, I only did the interviews because they were just like, Hey, you know, diversify your content it's like a you know let's have like a, a special episode where we talk to you know so and so um, and 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 from from what people tell me that you know voice actors are much more easier to get a hold of than say you know on, ca- <laughs> on camera people obviously
0: well we do we do have a lot of time in our hands
1: <laughs> especially these days
0: <laughs> we're just twiddling our thumbs waiting for the next thing um i i can imagine yeah you know usually voice actors are kind of based you know you can you can work remotely as a voice actor, you know, or your your schedule tends to be a little less chaotic, I suppose, than shooting off here and there to go film different things. So I'm much more available, I'm sure.
1: And uh, but but as time went on, I just got tired of the old format. I just stuck with the um, yeah. I just stuck with me and Tom talking about it, whatever. But I just got tired of it because. You know, there was a point in my life where and I've said this before, but, you know, 2018 was a was a rough year for me. And was it? And, um, you know, God, and I know this is going to sound cheesy, but it's the truth. Um, One of the shows that really helped me get through some of my um, some of the tough times I was going through at the time, because um, I remember back in I, I think it was May or June. Of mm-hmm. 2018, I had this really terrible mental breakdown, and I just felt oh really God. depressed. And yeah. and one day I just, like, was surfing the internet looking for something to watch, and uh, and mm-hmm. uh, a new episode of The Loud House came on, and uh, it was—what uh, uh, uh what was it? A Head Poets Anxiety, my favorite episode of the entire series, because it was so heartwarming and mm-hmm. so— so comfortable and so nice and um and um uh, you know uh, <laughs> I ended up crying I got really emotional at that ending it's it's a very emotional episode and um and I just decided you know what I want to reach out to someone from that from that um from that show to tell them that if it's just one person and yeah. I ended up reaching out to uh Christina Puccelli, who does the voice of Luann and uh The fact that she even decided to do that, to do that episode, um, really, you know, that episode literally changed everything for me because, like, after that episode, I I just decided, you know what, I want to do this. I want to, like, reach out to as many people as possible and see how, like, how long I can keep this going, and I've been uh, going strong since since, uh, 2019 to present day, so...
0: That's an unbelievable story. Um, I'm so touching, you know. I mean, certainly um, something which has really struck me, or or something which I've been very moved by since getting into the getting into voiceover for video games and now animation has been um, how powerful and healing those communities are. Um, those tight-knit communities um, that follow that follow these games and follow these shows. And, you know, like you, I've certainly, um, I, I think, um, you know, I, I had a really tough time, you know, probably round about the time that you're saying that you had a really bad year. I, I kind of had my own kind of tragedy and things during that time. And I'm constantly amazed um, at the strength and um healing that i um that i have been able to um kind of grab onto or find and grab onto by um not only immersing myself in the work the work that i do on these um on these games and shows and things but um and movies and things but um, by connecting with the community themselves, you know, by by reaching out to others and hearing their stories, that's a reason I've really enjoyed going to you know popular culture and gaming conventions over the past few years. You know, you, you get to know hundreds and hundreds of people, and you know, you might only get five minutes at a time chatting with them, but you get to hear a little bit about their story. And I found that generally people are 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 very giving and open. Open books, you know, and are willing to share their stories, and that kind of has helped me with my own story and helped me with my own healing from my own, you know, from my own struggles, and um, it's just a very powerful thing, and so I completely understand um how your podcast and how you know it's amazing that you, you know that that your your connection with the show and focusing your podcast on the on on the series and things has been so. Um, has been such a great, not only a great distraction, but something that's just really, that's been really pivotal in your own kind of healing. And um, I just think that's amazing. I think that's just a really powerful, amazing thing. And um, I appreciate you sharing that with me.
1: No, I, I, I've, I, I'm not afraid to get emotional because I know that, uh, you know, I know that uh, especially growing up in a, in a culture where, you know, you grow up being told, oh, you you know, uh, you can't show, you know you can't uh show weakness you can't um right you know you can't talk about you know your feelings that's all oh, that's you know that's that's woman stuff you know you, you gotta be a right. man and and just i don't like that i really don't and and even as a kid i never felt that i fit into anywhere because i was always yeah. a weird kid who was into comic books and spider-man right. and batman and all that stuff and all that stuff that people just thought was nerdy and like no one cared, but
0: Mm. you know,
1: (laughs) you know, because again, I, uh, I, I've said this before, but I'm someone who struggles with, you know, depression and anxiety. And, and I ever, ever since I was a kid, I would just go and watch, you know, television and media and video games were my escape sure and, escapism sure and and they helped me get through some of the worst moments yeah. of my life and you know yeah I, I understand that um i understand that it's not you know a, a solution and i have been going to therapy for you know mm. two two uh. years now so you know i'm not i'm not saying that oh well you know you could just uh depend on depend on uh, uh shows for escapism because that's you know that doesn't solve your problems because, right. Because I mean, that's just a short-term solution. You have to, yes. like, you have to get up and say, "I want to, yeah. I want to move forward." And yeah. I, I know it's hard. I know it's going to be difficult, but you got to keep moving forward. You, you cannot, never look back. Never look back.
0: I, I agree with you. Actually, um, I, you know, in order to get to the root of your anxiety or depression you have to get to the root cause which is a very which is a very it can be a very long and torturous process right because it requires a lot of um, a lot of work a lot of therapy a lot of self discovery and confronting a lot of very deep rooted painful things about yourself and your past to get there um it doesn't happen overnight it takes years you know years to work through that and to and to get there to allow some, at least allow some of that anxiety to sort of dissipate or get some kind of control over your anxiety, you know, because as you know, I mean, I, I suffer from, I have suffered from depression and do suffer from anxiety as well. It's like this, you know, especially the anxiety, it's like this wild beast inside you, you know, it's like you've got to, you've got to take it by the reins. And I think in order to do that, it takes just um, a lot of patience and kind of getting to the root of that, um, the root of that issue, whatever that might be. And that's like a deep dive into the sort of depth of our soul, you know? I mean, it is really tough. Um, but you're right, you know? I mean, the kind of beautiful thing about about um, movies and TV and games is it just offers this wonderful escapism and um, the opportunity to step into the shoes of someone else and explore the world through different eyes, you know? And, and there's just something so wonderful about that. that. That's certainly... Why I got into acting in the first place and um I, you know i i when i was a when i was a teenager i sort of was in quite a tough situation growing up um and was um i won't get into the details of that but i had a you know it, i had kind of a, my teen years were pretty rough and um i kind of lived um i was quite isolated from my peers as a kid 'cause um i lived out kind of in the countryside in the middle of nowhere and um I'd spend a lot of my time as a teenager kind of gazing out over these, um, you know, this, over this kind of bleak, um, dreary country landscape, wondering if my life would ever change, if, if I'd ever um, do anything great with my life, you know, wondering what the future held and would hold. And um, I actually, when I was a, uh, I started to, um, how I, what sparked my interest in acting is I used to write all my feelings and emotions and worries and all that down into, uh, down onto a piece of paper. And I used to turn those, um, all those notes into like a little monologue. And um, I had uh, a sort of one of those old, one of those old um, mini DV camcorders at the time. And I would um, record myself performing these, emotional monologues that I'd written and I I would uh then I would watch it back and then I would like critique myself and I would say oh oh that didn't feel authentic or oh I don't like I don't like the way I did that or that didn't feel real and it was like my own little mini boot camp I would sort of I set up for myself and um you know it was just a very it was just a very private creative space for me to explore my own emotions and um and process some of the stuff that I was going through and that's kind of what sparked off you know that's it's really that's really what sparked my interest for acting um in general you know that's kind of where that's kind of where it started for me it kind of started within the depth of the depth of myself you know and and the darkness I was kind of experiencing at the time and you know often you know often it's through the the kind of most agonizing points in our life that something wonderful is born and it sounds like that sounds like what a little bit like what happened to you when you were going through a really tough time in 2008 and that was kind of a bit of a catalyst for you then um you know get 2018 rather getting into you know ex- using the sort of like your your love for like the, the loud house series and um then using your, you know, your platform as a as a podcaster to reach out and and kind of um, immerse yourself in that community and find healing through that. I think it's amazing, you know. Um, I think it's amazing that you did that. Um, takes a lot of courage, you know, and it it, it it takes a lot of courage and patience to turn to turn the darkest moments of her life into something into something into a glimmer of hope and then into healing and hopefully eventually into something beautiful. So I, I think it's really wonderful that you that you that you did that sorry for rambling on there i hope i didn't i hope it didn't bore you send your no, no, it's, <laughs> listeners I, to sleep that <laughs> no, is it's
1: great uh come uh, come for uh listen for the loud house stuff but come for uh, psychological uh, oh, situations.
0: Sure. Step, step into my office pour yourself a, a cup of coffee uh anyway uh,
1: going back to the thing that uh people are listening to, to, to this for um yes what was the audition process like for Lucille because yeah. what's weird about the movie is that there is a flashback sequence where all the other ancestors are voiced by, you know, the their right. regular counterparts but you're right. the only one who who took over uh Lu- Lucy's counterpart. Right. Was there a reason for that?
0: Um I'm not sure you would have to ask the creative team about that. All I know is I actually um, was initially hired to um, do all of the scratch voiceovers for the movie, all of the, all of the Scottish stuff. So, um, I, um, and that was back in 2019. And so the scratch track is basically a temporary voiceover track created for the animators to use to build the characters and sort of animate their, um, you know, animate their expressions and interactions and things so I was actually originally only hired on a temporary basis my my voice was never meant to be used for the final movie Um, and so in in that original um, in that original scratch track I did I I actually voiced um, Lucille but I also did all, all of this all of the scratch track for Morag and all of the other bit characters so I did all of that so it was really funny watching the final movie because I knew I already knew a lot of Morag's lines because I'd already done them in the scratch, you know. And um, I I did the scratch track, had a really amazing time. Um, I you know I hadn't had much experience doing animation, but I'd done some some video game stuff before, and it was just a really great opportunity for me to sort of exercise my craft and you know get to know some of the creators at Nickelodeon and you know kind of get my feet wet in that world but I I didn't think anything of it I certainly did not think that they would then come back and offer me a role in the movie which is what happened and um so originally in the original script um Lucille was a slightly was was a was a smaller role than she ended up being in the movie she was kind of more of a side character in her um her her storyline um wasn't really wasn't really intertwined to the cent to the central themes of the or wasn't what she was kind of a side character and her her storyline didn't really um her involvement in the story didn't become central to you know the story the, the main storyline um in the film and um I am, um, and, and old Aggie was a slightly bigger role. So old Aggie, you know, so Luc- the role of Lucille was smaller. The role of old Aggie was slightly bigger. She had a couple of scenes and um, the proportion of, of, of the characters the proportion of how big the roles were, were all a little bit different. Um, But um when they, when they cast me, they, they reached out and they cast me as Lucille. I was very excited, was not expecting it. It was a huge deal for me. You know, I, I, I grew up, um, Loving, loving Nickelodeon and being extremely influenced by Nickelodeon cartoons and, and shows as a kid. So for me, this was a dream. Um, but what they did is they actually um, the the role of Old Aggie became a little bit smaller because they had me do Lucille Old Aggie and you know those couple of bit parts. But they actually expanded the role of Lucille and and made the character more central to the main storyline. And um, that was a surprise for me because i think i think maybe the third revision i got of the script i thought oh wow lucille's actually got more to do you know she's she's really involved in the main storyline and so that's kind of how that came about um so i guess performing the scratch voiceover for the for this for the film actually was my addition um and i didn't know it at the time <laughs>
1: No, that's pretty cool because usually whenever they get a voice actor to do scratch, it's usually just to fill in for the celebrity that they want to get. But I'm guessing. Exactly. But I'm guessing they either they couldn't get a celebrity, or uh, Jessica DeChico said no, I'm not going to do Lucille, or they didn't want to pay De- Jessica Di G- Di Chico to do um, a third voice because uh, you know that's uh, that's the big thing. Well, I think they, they they said.
0: <laughs> they'd said that they really loved my voice. They loved my voice on this, on this character. And that's why they cast me. And I think that's why they expanded the role as well. They seemed to really enjoy my performance. So I felt really proud because I felt like I won, I kind of won the role through my own talents um, by impressing them, doing the scratch track. So that was really cool. Um, And yeah, so, so I know that's why they cast me um, and, and gave the role to me. So I feel really grateful for that. I think they thought it would be interesting. You know, I thought, I think they thought it would be interesting to have a different voice, um, t- t- contrasting with Lucille's for that character. And I think our voices, you know, work, work quite well together. I think we sound, we sound good. We make a pretty good pair. I think.
1: I'm just, I'm also impressed at the fact that you're not that familiar with the show, but you nailed down um, Lucy's mannerisms perfectly. <laughs>
0: Well yeah I watched you know I watched some clips of the show um I watched some clips of Lucy Lucy's character before I went in to do the scratch um and so I was you know I tried to sort of capture a little bit of her essence and her kind of um her her sort of intonations and the the sort of the the sort of the dryness um of what she delivers her lines um and so um, that dead, that kind of deadpan emo she, she to me to me lucy and Lucille are kind of just like a couple of emo kids you know <laughs> um but yeah i definitely it was it was fun to it was fun to listen to, to to lucy's clips and try and capture a little bit of that and also but also try and bring you know put a little bit of my own stamp on it as well
1: especially when you know you got the laugh down where it's like ha 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 ha, ha.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah that was really fun you know i mean we we um you know it was really fun like the, the you know working with nickelodeon and working in those sessions was a was was a really great was a really great laugh um but the, yeah the, all those lines the kind of haha the gasp all that stuff um you know we 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 all got a really good kick out of that and plenty of laughs from all that so um and it was fun you know i i watched i watched the movie with a friend and um we just really enjoyed it. We, we got a real kick out of those moments too.
1: Oh, what was my, one of my favorites, uh, my, one, my favorite joke in the movie and it's obviously the darkest joke in the movie where during, <laughs> during the final battle, uh, Lucille, uh, Lucy almost gets eaten by the dragon, but, uh, Lucille <laughs> saves her and she's like, I was almost a garner. Darn it. Maybe next time.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's really funny, you know, I mean, it's sort of, um, Lucy kind of reminds me a bit of like Wednesday Adams the Adam's family it's kind of that um you know that that's kind of my or or that kind of humor is, is my kind of humor as well you know just kind of quite dark and dry and um deadpan um I you know I find that I find her delivery to be really hilarious so it was fun to kind of get in on that and kind of play you know play with that and um Yeah. I just, it was, it was, yeah, that made, that really made me laugh as well.
1: Um, Also I, another thing I really liked was um, even though it kind of didn't really uh, go anywhere, you know, the, the setup for the subplot of uh, Lucy, Lucy and Lucille uh, trying to find out what happened to uh, the ancestors. It kind of didn't go anywhere, but uh, I'm guessing it's mostly because of time constraints but uh, the, the scene where they confront Morag, where they say we well, got our eye on our eyes on you, it just makes me laugh. I don't know why.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that as well. That was actually my favorite. I think that was my favorite moment of the two characters together. It was kind of spooky, right? Like it was a little bit eerie. <laughs> um, yeah, really, I really enjoyed that as well because um, I think our voices kind of sync up there in a really spooky way. Um, but yeah, that made me laugh too. <laughs>
1: It's also kind of funny remembering that, uh, oh, yeah, you're playing a ghost of a literal dead child.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, I noticed it was funny. It kind of made me laugh because I noticed some of the kids, um, a couple of the – I'm calling them kids, but they might be very young teenagers that followed me on on my social media accounts. They were, you know, posting their own theories, and they were saying, you know – before the release of the film, and they were saying – know this this, the ghost of this character is a young girl like we still don't know how she died or how a young girl could die and and i thought to myself oh my god i didn't even that's so dark i didn't even think of that you know what i mean (laughs) because it's like a cartoon i hadn't even crossed my mind that people would actually be thinking about the um you know the sort of mortality of these characters and you know it, it was sort of um you know considering considering how and why this young girl might have died it just hadn't crossed my mind and I thought oh well that's a, you're right that's a little bit dark
1: <laughs> because that was my first thought when I saw her I'm like okay, how like how old is she <laughs> when she
0: died <laughs> yeah I mean I think I mean how old how old is Lucy supposed to be like nine or you know we're, we're you know we're all kind of adults voicing these characters but I think they're meant to be like nine or something and I thought oh that's a little bit um I just thought that was really funny it's something that I hadn't even considered strangely enough but it, it made me laugh that there was kind of these theories um about it also like but I mean I, I I don't I don't know the show very well but I know a lot of people thought that um in the original clip that was released introducing Lucille they thought it was like is it grandma Harriet or something yeah like yeah great grandma
1: Harriet is, but no that's a different exactly character. That's a different yeah
0: character. yeah they there was kind of theories that it might be grandma Harriet or whatever um as, as well, which must be something that was explored in the show. Um, it was fun, you know, it's fun. It's fun uh, reading into and in, re- reading some of the theories and the ideas um, that are kind of born from the imagination of the kids or the young people who watch this show. And that's really exciting as well, you know.
1: I mean, it's kind of weird to 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 assume it's Grandma Harriet when Lucy introduces her as Lucille. So I, I don't know like, where...
0: I can... Where, have, where. I, I can have, I kind of thought that as well and I thought I don't want to burst I don't want to burst their bubble by being like no remember they said it was Lucille um but yeah I, I thought that was kind of funny I don't know people just but you know it's like you the, the, you know fans of anything they're you know you sort of fill in I, I've certainly noticed in the video game world so much of of um, the stories of these characters and their interactions with others and the backstories is kind of filled in right through through the, the imagination of the audience and um you know we see that we see that sort of being explored through things like fan fiction and fan theories and stuff and all that's really fun and exciting to me
1: also i i, I gotta say i really want uh lucy and lucille spin off I, I i want that <laughs> i really want that from
0: you're from your mouth to the ears of the nickelodeon creators um, I would love, 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 love to um to to work with Nickelodeon Nickelodeon again. And I gotta say, um, Abdullah like you know, working with Nickelodeon um as short lived as it was, was was one of the most enriching experiences I've had as an actor. Um, certainly in the voiceover world. I mean, the the team at Nickelodeon have sort of created such a warm, inclusive and kind environment. And the team behind the Loud House are just so fun and creative and they offer such a supportive space for actors to play in. And, uh, you know, that's not always the case. You know, a lot of these big, um, these gigantic studios um, don't really live up to their reputations, you know, or, or the image they present to the world, but Nickelodeon wasn't like that it's exactly what it says on the tin they were a dream to work with the entire team was just so encouraging and kind and generous and it's just a very joyful place to work and I think that's reflected in the magic that they that they offer up to the world and um it just the whole experience just exceeded my wildest expectations and um, I would work for Nickelodeon again in a heartbeat and specifically the team behind the, the, the Loud House movie. It was just, it was an absolute dream.
1: Uh, and did you record in the studio or was this uh pandemic times?
0: Um, I did both. So I recorded, I got one day, one or two days. I can't remember in the, I got to go to the Nickelodeon studio, which is in, in Burbank, um here in California and that was spectacular it was like going to Disneyland it was just big and bright and colorful there was like bowls of bowls of candy everywhere everyone's like smiling like it was just like it was like exactly how you'd imagine it to be and it was really thrilling to get to work at their studios I think the last session I did um for um for Lucille was recorded um remotely at, at a sort of smaller local studio um, slash kind of home studio during the pandemic um, but um, I was gra- I was just grateful to be able to continue working during the pandemic certainly there was less to do there was less work but um, I was just grateful that I was able to finish this project so that it could come out for all of you guys to enjoy
1: because we were just worried like where were we ever going to get a loud house movie because you know the, oh, the sure show, the show's controversial history which i won't get into oh I, I don't know anything day. i don't know anything about it. i don't know anything
0: about i don't know anything about that actually so um
1: yeah i'm not going to get into it why. you don't know do it, don't do it because <laughs> <laughs> the last time i did i got in trouble so i will not do that okay but uh we we didn't even know we were going to get a loud house movie in general because you know the pandemic hit and we were like uh, okay and right. the original plan was they were going to release it in 2020 but then right. you know pandemic hit and we didn't even know right. like even back in like 2017 2018 people were wondering like were we gonna ever we going to get a loud house yeah. movie because there was like nothing there was like radio silence and then i think it was like 2019, they announced that oh the, the movie's not going to go into theaters. It's going to be like a direct to Netflix movie. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm sub to Netflix. I, you know, I'm, I'll <laughs> wait for it. I don't care how long I'll wait for right. it. And uh, then you know, 2020 came and then nothing. And then you know, 2021 came along and we're like, uh, is there is there a release date? And then we waited and waited and waited. And then finally, <laughs> the trailer dropped and and it and it's right. like, okay, cool. We're actually it exists. It's real. It's not, it's not, you know, fabricated. And uh, unfortunately the first couple of trailers didn't give us a release date. So everyone was wondering like, when is the the movie coming out? When is the movie coming out? And, um, and then it wasn't until like, uh, God, I think it was uh, like earlier, like, uh, you know, sometime in, I think, uh, God, I don't remember exactly, but like sometime later they released a trailer that, you know, with the release date of, you know, August 20th. And I'm like, finally, finally <laughs> we get, we get something. And, uh, now I remember when, um, when, uh, it finally dropped on, on August 20th. And I, I was hyped. Like this was the first time in years I've been hyped for, for any animated movie. Cause it's like, man, it feels, yeah. feels like an event. And I, like I said, during my first viewing, I could not, contain myself because I was just too busy like stopping and like paying attention to every (laughs) every single thing that I could pay attention to because I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's it's happening. It's happening. It's real.
0: Like Oh my God, that is so awesome. I was aware that there was a lot of anticipation and hype for this movie. Um and you know, like you, I mean I got I think I I think I did the scratch for this 2019 but um, I actually I got offered Um, this job at the start of 2020 so when when everything locked down I was like oh shit (laughs) like this is it you know I thought kind of like you I thought is this gonna happen I thought that was a couple of the projects I've been working on um, there's just been so much uncertainty and you know it's been really it's been really disorientating and I am so so happy um, that that it's now out after you know after the the, the the amount of patience <laughs> that the audience have had, you know, the anticipation building for this project. I'm so excited that it's out. I'm just thrilled to be part of it. Um, I hope you loved it. I hope it lived up to your expectations.
1: I mean, I have my issues with it. I'm, I mean, it's not perfect. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, it is perfect in every single way. But, you know, as, as, a, as a Loud House movie, like, look, I understand that people are going to be turned off by the the whole dragons and ghosts and all that stuff. But come on, guys. You know, the show was always cartoony. Like, it was always cartoony. Even back, you know, during season one, you know, the golden era of Loud House, it was cartoony. You had stuff like trashy, for God's sake. I mean, come on. You're telling me you can accept a trash monster that was created by Lisa, but you can't accept, like, dragons and ghosts? Come (laughs) on. (laughs) Like but you know that
0: for me that for me is part of the um is part of the fun you know and certainly you know I I loved I loved um the sort of the the sort of sprinkle of of um Scottish lore um throughout the movie and you know all that mythical stuff castles and dragons and ghosts is very much ingrained in our in our culture in our cultural history you know so um, it was so exciting to see that explored, um, through, you know, seeing that explored in this movie from such a, a popular, a popular TV show. Um, so I love, I really loved it, you know, and nothing's, nothing's perfect, of course, but, you know, sometimes it's the, the, the imperfections that make it, that kind of, that, that kind of give it its quirks and, and, um, and, and make it enjoyable. So, um, I love this movie and I, I knew it would be great, but when I, I, I when I watched it, I really I really thought it was fantastic, and um, I really enjoyed it. it. Made me feel very proud to be Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> it really did. I was like freedom. Like I really, it was. Uh, I had my uh, William Wallace moment. Um, I was I was really excited. I was really excited by it. Um, also,
1: it's nice to watch a, a movie set in a, in in Europe that doesn't feel like a commercial for for a tourist <laughs> commercial
0: for. for oh that no, no, completely completely, completely um they nailed it, you know, a lot of the little the cultural quirks and the sort of setting and the um yeah, they 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 nailed so much of that. It was really it, it sort of made me you know, I mean I'm I'm I live over in Los Angeles. I'm um miles away from my my family and all my home comfort so it was great you know to, to watch this film and be part of something it did you know it did make me feel patriotic <laughs> um in a, a way as silly as that sounds um it made me feel it made, it made me feel very proud so um i just thought it was a lot of fun i really loved it
1: i'm i'm just happy it came out at all really because again yeah we i didn't even know that it was going to be a thing because there was just so little information put out about it and right. I'll be honest. Like Netflix didn't really do a great, all that great of a job in you know uh, promoting it, and I think sure. they should have like made this feel like a big event and say, okay, you know, if you're a fan of the show or if you're a parent right. who wants something to watch with your kids, you should have just promoted this. And I don't know. I'm sure. just I'm just being nitpicky about. <laughs> I'm just being... you know it did
0: it did really well. I mean, it went straight to the to the the number one. I think kids movie number three movie on Netflix and was like number two in the UK so you know if if what you're saying is true and there wasn't as much pro, you know promo for it as there maybe could have been it still did really well and I think that's a testament to how to how popular and successful the show is you know I mean it's the show is a raging success and has been for years for a reason you know it's that's a, that's a credit to Nickelodeon and, you know, the, the writers and the actors on the show and the animators on the show, you know, I mean, it's, um, so yeah, I think that speaks for itself. I was really happy and and delighted that it did so well.
1: Um, Plus it's only an hour and 27 minutes. So thank you for that.
0: (laughs) Can you, are you, if you're like, I have a really short attention span. So something like this is perfect for me, you know, um, that's where I've struggled getting into like a lot of the video games and stuff I've been in, you know, some of these games you have to play for hours and hours to just find my character. (laughs) And I just, after, after like an hour and a half, my brain just sort of switches itself off um, or restarts itself. So this was just really, um, you know, easy watching, digestible, um, joyful, all that kind of stuff
1: because usually with me it's like i i i'm fine when it comes to long movies and i know that you know there's this whole discourse of like movies are too long nowadays Mm. but look i i sat through end game in a theater without going to the bathroom so if i can do that you you have no excuse of like watching a (laughs) um, an hour and 27 minute animated movie on your phone or whatever
0: oh no no totally. Yeah but but
1: I I I mean I like the short length. I mean of course like I I kind of wish that it was you know a little bit longer in some places but hey you know they did what they did with, with what uh they did the best job they could with the material that they that they had with the time that they had really.
0: Oh sure yeah. Yeah I mean it's I I found it to be like jam-packed action packed. Um you know the the perfect kind of pace i think they i think they got a lot into the film and um yeah just just i think i think you know all of the characters from like the original series had they all had a moment you know they all had their own moment and um i just found it really heartwarming it really did it really it really it really just um i found it to be quite joyful and you know i think the music certainly elevated the uh elevated the movie as well you know I mean um yeah it was it was uh it was fun it was really fun
1: and what and do you have like any like favorite moments for you personally like not any Lucy not any Lucille-centric moments because we already talked about that but like any any specific moments that uh are your favorite
0: I loved, um like I said, originally old Aggie was was kind of expanded a little bit and she had a couple of scenes. She really only has like a small bit in this, which is basically um this kind of silly line and then a, a sort of mad cackle, <laughs> a mad cackle on on a sort of cliffside. Doing that, you know, um, it's been my dream for so long to to um be able to do an evil laugh in a in in an animated project um my dream is to play like a villain a really villainous character in a in a in in a movie and so doing old Aggie's really evil laugh on the clifftop was like a total highlight for me I absolutely loved it um I got a real real kick out of that you know (laughs) it really did it sounds so silly but um I just I really I really loved doing that um it was fun
1: hey villains are fun villains are usually the fun roles and every time I talk to someone they're like hey I you know I love playing heroes but really the villains are more fun to play to play
0: oh yeah you know it's like it's just fun to just Explore that Machiavellian side to yourself, you know, that you just have to, you know, we all have, we all have a dark side and most of us keep, keep our, keep our sort of darkness under wraps, but it's kind of, it's very cathartic. Doing, performing that evil laugh was very cathartic and uh, I just, I, it made me laugh. It was fun. It was fun to be evil for a moment, for a millisecond.
1: (laughs) And you must have had fun like doing uh, all the scratch for Morag because, you know, she, she's, (laughs) she's a fun fun. character.
0: (laughs) that was so much fun um and I was really interested to see uh, Michelle Gomez did a, a sensational job in this movie I think she's I think she's tremendous um I loved Morag's song I thought that was absolutely it is so hard to um to sing and to to do a song and sing in character it's it's just it, that's a really challenging thing to do and um, I just thought I just thought she played it brilliantly. Um, she played it a little differently than I played it in the scratch. I definitely played Morag a little sillier, <laughs> more manic, um, you know. But she she her performance was very grounded and just terrifying, you know, kind of quietly deranged and terrifying in moments. And I thought she did a brilliant job. But yeah, I, I had um, I'd be lying if I said I didn't have the biggest laugh doing all of the Morag stuff in scratch. That was just a really fun experience.
1: <laughs> no you, it, it must have been fun for you because like you said it, it is hilarious because i'm just picturing you now watching the movie for the first time and just laughing at at all more of all of morag stuff and your friend going like what are you laughing about oh no i nothing you wouldn't get it
0: <laughs> yeah yeah that was it i just I, it was funny because I, I i was surprised at how much of her you know some of the dialogue changed but how much of the dialogue i remembered from the scratch and it kind of took me back to how fun it was to deliver those lines um, and it was great to, you know, obviously, you know, Michelle Gomez just, is just is is such a legend. So it was fun to watch her just kind of sit back and watch her, you know, and listen to her performance delivering those lines. Um, but yeah, I just we, we laughed for the entire thing. And um, my friend was so excited every time. Like Lucille came on, she'd she'd be like, "Oh, let's rewind," you know, kind of like you're saying you were stopping it and rewinding it. She'd be like, stop, "Oh, let's listen to that again." So we didn't really get through the whole movie. It was like stop and start, stop and start, and um, it was a bit of an ego trip, like listening to my <laughs> listening to my lines over and over, and like laughing at laughing at my own delivery. <laughs> um, but you know, I mean, obviously, I would love to do more animated movies and things, but I certainly don't take this for granted. You know, I mean, I hope to do more. And, um, you know, I hope to work with Nickelodeon again. I hope to do more animated movies. And, but, you know, you never know, like, you never, you know, I, I don't know when I'm going to work on a, a movie like this again. So I certainly soaked it all up and, um, you know, made made the most of it. And, um, yeah, it was really fun. It's really, I'm, I'm so glad that that exists. I've got something to show my, maybe my kids and my grandkids someday, you know. Yeah, and it's, and Netflix what's... will still be around in like <laughs> 20 years. <you> know. <laughs>
1: Ten years. Oh man! Well, and what's what's also cool is that uh, another thing that we didn't even know about was originally they planned on having the movie not be canon to the series; it was going to be its own separate thing. But um, right, I'm glad it's canon because now you can say I'm part of the Loud House universe, and it will always right. be canon. So. <laughs>
0: No, exactly. no, 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 com- completely, you know. And, um, you know, and I also feel that way about the video games. You know, I've been lucky enough to be part of the Fallout world and the Mass Effect world and the Call of Duty world. And these are gigantic universes um, that are beloved. And to to be able to play a small part in that, just to leave a little slither of a footprint in those universes is really thrilling for me. And, and the same goes for, for the Loud House universe. I feel very lucky to be part of it.
1: And, um, yeah, no. And another thing I want to point out is, you know, during the flashback sequence, like one of the things that really kind of annoyed me was, um, was, uh, Lucille explaining to, uh, to, to Lincoln's counterpart, the rules of, of, uh, <laughs> you know, when it comes to the dragon, I'm like, isn't he the Duke? Shouldn't he already know this?
0: like <laughs> 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 Was that when was that? Was that on the boat? Yeah, the, flashback, the flashback sequence the
1: where, where she where he's like, oh, why is the dragon attacking us? And she she spouts out the whole, oh, but it's because of the lore, the lore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah, um, yeah. But you know, it helped move the plot along, and I really enjoyed. Um, I loved his little Scottish accent. I thought that was. I thought it was so cute and fun listening to him do his little Scottish. His little Scottish take on the, on, you know, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the other, you know, the other American actors doing their little kind of Scottish counterparts. I got a real kick out of that as well. You know, it was fun.
1: Well, you say (laughs) Scottish, but I, what I love is, um, Liliana Mooney's had like one line and she's the voice of Lenny and, um, she kind of does Scottish, but then she gives up halfway through and just goes back to regular Lenny. It's... But, but that
0: made, you know, for me, that was fun though. You know, it, did, it didn't matter that this, their Scottish wasn't perfect. It kind of almost added to the humor of it. Actually. I thought, I thought it actually worked really well.
1: No, I, I loved it because it, it, it was so funny because like yeah. she, she tries like the first couple of seconds and then she's like, Nope.
0: <laughs>
1: it's, <so laughs> amazing. it's, it's again, I, it, it's so funny because I'm like, yes, it is one line but the fact that she tried but then it's like nope
0: (laughs) just and it was like (laughs) 10 points 10 points for effort (laughs) yeah it's
1: it's great um and another thing that um i i I found kind of weird was um was uh the fact that the ghosts had like uh red cheeks for some reason i don't understand (laughs) why, why that why that's a thing but okay i don't know if
0: it was you know that was quite um, it almost to me looked, you know, like if you, like old, like kind of old Jacobean style makeup, I think it is, you know, I think they did the sort of the white, the white powder on the face with the red cheeks was was kind of in vogue back then, <laughs> it was kind of a look. Um, so maybe it was sort of just, it was kind of visually, visually interesting. Um, I don't know, It was, kind, there was there was a kind of a pantomime feel to it, which I thought was kind of fun. Again, all these little touches, all these genius touches, you know, were created by the artists and the um, and the um, animators. I just thought were so. It, it's those kinds of details that make a film like this so special. Um, and uh, all of those little touches, I thought, just added to the hilarity of it all. You know, and just really uh, coloured coloured the entire thing, brought it to life in a really special way.
1: And there's also like a lot of like UK ish humour, like with the the fact that. Um the fish and chips shop is like you know ne- next to each other that's such a uk type joke that you wouldn't have expected in, in an american movie
0: no 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 totally and my favorite i think my favorite moment in the movie like the moment that really made me laugh was when um you know the 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 town gets destroyed and um you know everyone's in a tizzy about it but the final straw for the villagers is when the, the chip shop like crumble <laughs> And that feels very true to life, you know, because a lot of a lot of Scottish people couldn't live without their local Chevy. So the outrage that that kind of sparked that was like the final straw that sparked outrage. And that, that to me, I thought was really, really funny.
1: I also love the um, and this is like, uh, look, this is this is a really like messed up joke. And I can't believe they actually got away with it. But there is um, I don't remember the exact scene, but if you look at like one of the signs, it says don't. And don't uh, bleep sheep. And I cannot believe <laughs> they actually got away with
0: that. Oh, I actually didn't. I need to go back and give it a second watch. I actually completely missed that. That's really, really funny. No, the,
1: the, but it's there. It's like it, it has, there's a no, no. And, and it's a, there's a crossed out sheep.
0: No sheep. <laughs> like no sheep or, or sheep sheep shaggers. Yeah. I'm it. yeah, oh, uh... not, not sure if I'm allowed to say that. Um, that's really funny. I completely missed that. I'm sure if you you know I'm sure there's a ton of hidden gems kind of like you know I get inconspicuous inconspicuously sort of placed and very carefully placed in the background um, I need to go back and have a look um, but yeah I'm, I totally missed that one.
1: <laughs> no it's there I because I watched it um, I remember in my second viewing I'm like how did I miss that that's such a such a cheeky joke i cannot believe they actually got away with
0: that. that is so cheeky and sneaky how many times have you watched the movie
1: three times as of this recording
0: (gasps) oh my god i'm gonna go back and and watch it all over again um (laughs) i kind of want to watch it with like my little nephews or my little cousins or something um i i would really i think i'd really love to watch it with the children you know the kids in my life i think i'd get real i think that would kind of I really enjoyed it, but I think I would take that, that would take the enjoyment to a whole new level to sort of see it through their eyes. You know, this is totally the kind of movie that I would have loved to have watched as a kid.
1: Um, It reminds me of the kind of movies that, um, that I would, um, we, cause, uh, God, I'm so old when I say this, but uh, back in the day, we had these things called VHSs, and you could use those to watch oh, yeah, movies. And,
0: and yeah, uh... exactly. They're those are ancient relics now, you know, and nobody nobody knows what those are anymore. <laughs> but,
1: but I remember as a kid, I used to go to the local, uh, you know, electronic shop again aging myself. Oh sure. Yeah. Remember electronic shops, those were a thing. Brick and mortar stores, those were a um, thing.
0: <laughs> but I miss those days. Like I miss having a good rummage in those stores. You know, I miss I miss video shops. I miss those electronic stores like you know, a lot of those places are extinct. You know, extinct now. It's it's um I um slightly off topic, but I remember doing um a couple of years ago um i did a little trip here in california all the way up into the mountains went up to a little village for a couple of nights just to get some peace and quiet and it was a tiny little village and there was literally only like you know a a, a grocery store a uh, uh, a restaurant and then a video a video shop and i hadn't seen a video shop in about like 15 years <laughs> i was like what is happening um but yeah i i you know it was it felt like a museum of sorts you know it sort of you know i i just it's it's uh it made me feel nostalgic and, and you know within that a little sad that those that those days have gone by and are are no more.
1: All I can picture is you walking into that store and it's like the Wizard of Oz where where everything's in color all of a sudden and
0: oh no no totally totally. <laughs> I was like oh my god you know it's like because you know so those memories are really visceral to me you know going to the going to the video shop as we call it video store. With my dad as a kid picking out those movies, um, you know, um, this, my Sony Walkman as a kid, like all of those um, you know, those tangible physical things that we used to have that are now all all of that's now been reduced to like an iPhone or you know cameras, like all of that's been reduced to like an iPhone or a, or a, or a, a laptop or a computer now. but there was something nice you know about about those physical objects. There was something nice about having something to hold on to, literally.
1: Yeah, because I remember as a kid going to the local video store here and that we had like so many video stores back in the 90s and just going and browsing the titles and just finding like nothing beats that. Nothing will ever be going to to a video store and just finding the most obscure movies and judging them by the covers, like literally judging them by the covers because that's all you had back then. It's like.
0: Oh, no, no, to- no, totally and my, like, you know, and, and there was so many, you know, so many iconic actors, like, you know, you would see a, you would see a video and it would be like Robin Williams face would be on it. And you would know right away that you wanted to watch that movie because it's, because it's Robin Williams and it's, you know, and he's, he's fantastic and he's a legend. And yeah, I mean, you know, something certainly, um, you know, I can't, I can't imagine it's the same experience for kids to flick through as amazingly convenient and genius as Netflix and other platforms are, you can never really replace that feeling of that, that, that feeling of rummaging around, um, you know, through objects to find something that you like.
1: Yeah, especially like um, when it comes to, you know, as a kid, because you, you didn't remember sometimes like you just went in and you didn't even remember some of the movies that uh, by name, but you remember the cover. Like, like one of my favorite covers is the cover of uh, Major Pain, uh, Damien Wayans movie where, you know, know, drill drill sergeant and, you know, it's a funny, it's a, again, and for years, I didn't even know what that movie was called, but I just like, Major Pain, why does that sound so familiar? And I look it up and I'm like, oh, I remember that movie. I I used to find it a lot as a kid on, on VHS. And I'm like, I remember that cover. I really like that cover. And I'm looking
0: at it just now. It's like the bold. It's like the express. It's like the sort of expressions of the actors and the hats and the the colorful, the colorful font and all that stuff. It's it's very nineties. Yeah, I
1: know, <laughs> and I just miss that. Uh, same thing with like Good yeah. Burger and Charlie and the Chocolate oh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Like all these.
0: Oh my God, iconic, <laughs> <Yeah>. iconic. <Man. laughs> I'm I'm with you. I I'm, I definitely miss those days. um it's all, it's all changing. Those days are, you know, those days are certainly a thing of the past. And our gen, I mean, I don't know how old you are, but our generation, I think is the last generation to remember that transition, you know, because, you know, if you were, if you were a kid in the nineties, you, you know, you, you will have remembered. Um, did you have, a, did you have like a Walkman? Do you remember those?
1: Oh, no, I, I had I had a Walkman and I had a CD, CD player. <laughs> CD player. <Yeah. laughs>
0: yeah you know suddenly cd you know it it was like the walkman to cds then like mp3 and then you know now um now these now iphones like but it's amazing like it's amazing when you you know i mean i'm i'm about to turn 34 you know which is like reminding myself it's like a third of a century (laughs) (laughs) you know so much time has passed so much has changed it's kind of it's kind of um we couldn't have imagined this era in our wildest dreams, you know, it's, it's, um, it's unbelievable, but you know, on the plus side, you know, it's with, with, with um, platforms like Netflix now and all of these streaming, um, these streaming platforms, everything is av- so much is available at the sort of click of a button we're spoiled, you know, we're, we're, we're spoiled for choice and um
1: yeah that's why i get so upset when people are like oh why they're why are they releasing episodes on a weekly basis instead of the full season i'm like yeah because that's how it used to be like we oh god as a kid it was so hard to find to watch a new episode because if you missed a new episode of a show that's it like your only no, hope no, totally was, like your only totally. hope was catch a repeat or hope that someone from your family taped it on VHS. Oh no,
0: 100%. 100%, 100% and, uh, but you know, there was something, there was something really thrilling about the anticipation of, um, I certainly remember growing up, um, you know, once a week sitting on the couch with my parents to watch Friends or whatever. And, you, you know, you wouldn't miss an installment. You just wouldn't. Like, you know, we, you would make sure that you were, you know, we'd have our dinner in front of the telly and all that to make sure that we didn't, we didn't miss, miss it, but um yeah now that's all kind of available is it too available you know is it is it um you know it's there's certainly um that that anticipation has been completely omitted so everything's available I don't know about you but I um I I certainly I I don't like i said i have quite a short attention span i kind of prefer more sort of mini series and things like that but i definitely do I, I definitely binge watch i mean do you do that like do you sort of like oh i mean binge I, watch I, 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 I binge watch
1: things? but it depends on like how heavy the show is i mean if a show was like too right. heavy i'm like i gotta stop this because <laughs> right, i know you gotta can't... pace yourself yeah yeah because i i remember uh i'm i was watching uh what was it uh so that, what was that mini series called with the, the Tom Hiddleston and um Hugh Laurie uh oh, what was that uh, The Night the Night Manager yeah Night Manager I, Oh I'm, I've not night, heard of that Oh it's it's a really it's a heavy mini series and, 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 and you've
0: mentioned you've Hugh mentioned Hugh Laurie a couple of times you know? yeah, yeah yeah because I'm a like fan I,
1: uh, well <laughs> I think he's honestly. I think he's underrated. I honestly think he he should be in more stuff, but that's just me.
0: <laughs> no, he's absolutely. Oh, I see. Olivia Coleman. Olivia Coleman is in. Isn't that as well? I'm a huge fan of hers. Um, she um, used to be. Have you Have you seen a? I guess it's a it's a kind of older. It's, it's it's technically older now. But there's a there's a there's an old British show called a comedy show called Peep Show. Um. I don't know where you would be able to access it now. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, um, but it's, it's, it's absolutely hilarious. And, and that's, I, I remember Olivia Coleman from that show. Um, and uh, there's a lot of like, I don't know if you watch it. Do you watch a lot of British comedy stuff? Cause it seems like you appreciate the sort of British sense of humor.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, I remember watching, uh, God, what was, what was that? Uh, well little britain is uh, you watch little britain (laughs) yeah i know i know i know people cringe now but like look back in like the early 2000s little britain was it like little britain was like really revolutionary back in oh no no
0: it was it was it was was hilarious oh my goodness so many great quotes from that show it was silly you know it's that was sort of our um that was kind of our like snl (laughs) or i don't know if you get a saturday if you see any saturday night live over there if you watch clips online that was kind of our our equivalent i guess
1: <laughs> yeah little britain um league of gentlemen that's that's a that, that's a dark series but it's a very funny series um
0: oh that's right yeah, yeah 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 um that's that's quite old now too that's from back in like early 2000s isn't it yeah <laughs> <A lot laughs> way of, way that uh, ba- way back in the day maybe the night even the 90s or whatever i don't know like Oh my goodness, cuz i, I,
1: cause I, I cause it's, cause we didn't get a lot of british shows so it was like later right. in my later in my um you know teenage years is when i started watching more british comedies cuz everyone kept telling me like well you know if you if you like these types of shows and want to see them yeah. done differently then watch this watch that and yeah and i still love again i still love um a lot of uh, british shows cuz i think it's like there's a lot to admire when it comes to British humor because British humor is just so hard to pull off. I think it's one of the, (laughs) it's, it's hard to pull off. Right. You know,
0: maybe if it's forced, I guess, but you know, if you enjoy British humor, you should definitely try and get hold of, um, check out peep show. Do you like Ricky Gervais? Do you like some of the older, the older Ricky Gervais stuff? (laughs) Are you not a fan? Interesting. Okay. You should check out like, you know, like stuff, you know, extras, the, the original office <laughs> with Ricky Gervais you should check some of those bits out but if you're not a fan of his maybe you won't maybe you won't enjoy them i don't know
1: like the only thing i liked with Gervais is the Ricky Gervais show but that's mostly because of you know Pilkington cuz Pilkington you know just listening to him talk about the most craziest things and him being like 100% serious is just so yeah. so amazing i don't know why <laughs> i don't know why that cracks me up but it does <laughs>
0: <laughs> um yeah i think he certainly has mastered ricky gervais certainly masters the art of discomfort that the hilarity that can be born from the discomfort of some of the most serious situations in life i think he's kind of a master of that
1: um fa- yeah faulty towers is another good one faulty towers oh yeah
0: faulty <laughs> towers um did you see um that that series, the, the hbo series white lotus
1: no, I haven't. That's another one. It's hyped. It's fantastic. That's one of my, on my, uh, on the list of shows I need to watch at some point.
0: <laughs> it's really, it's really fantastic. The, uh, the, the sort of the main, the main character or, or kind of the main character, um, his name, his name is Armand um, portrayed by a, a, an actor called Murray Bartlett. But he, he kind of, he embodies that kind of, in basil faulty kind of energy in the show which makes for you know a lot of sort of hilarious situations but um yeah if you like faulty towers you might kind of get a kick out of that and and the character he portrays yeah but uh,
1: i just love how we started out talking about like the loud house and now it's devolved into british shows.
0: i know we've gone off at, but it's not you're very easy to talk to i'm sure that's why <laughs> i'm sure that's why you're doing this and why you're you know why you're your podcast is so successful and why so many actors want to come and chat to you um it's really it's a really a pleasure to chat with you what time is it there over in oh it's 10 30 now P. M.
1: yeah
0: oh my goodness on wait on on thursday yeah it's 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 <laughs>
1: thursday i mean it's not like i leave the house anymore so who cares <laughs>
0: oh my goodness so what's your what's your plans then i mean for the rest there's like a couple of weeks left of summer what are you what have you got planned
1: no, um I'm just I'm just trying to enjoy uh the peace and quiet really. <laughs> ironic, yeah. uh, peace and quiet. That huh? that's Morag's entire character art. Yes, I, <laughs> exactly. I did it. I did it. I, I I did it. I ended the show on the uh on a callback.
0: <laughs> full, 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 full circle back to yeah. <laughs>
1: Um No I'm just trying to enjoy um I'm I'm mostly just like currently scheduling stuff, so sure and ironically enough i got like another podcast episode to record tomorrow so there you go <laughs>
0: <laughs> well i'm just really grateful to chat with you i've had a lot of fun you're very easy to talk to it's like chatting to a friend
1: yeah i know uh, No, this has been a lot of fun and um you know before we go uh where can people find you online
0: uh you can find me at the cheeky scott that's usually where i hang out um, the Cheeky Scott with one T I'm um, a bit rubbish on Twitter A bit rubbish on Instagram But I, um, I I post a lot on Instagram Instagram stories And engage, you know I engage with followers and fans and things Whenever I can, wherever and whenever I can But um, yeah, I, ch- I chat to a lot of um, people In those circles and communities on, on Instagram But yeah, The Cheeky Scott, that's me
1: Alright, thanks so much for taking the time up to do this. I had a lot of fun and we gotta we gotta get you back on sometime because this has been a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, Abdullah, this was really great. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you and hello to everyone listening. I hope you enjoy um, the Loud House movie. Um, yeah, thank you so much for your support.
1: Alright, take care. Bye-bye.
0: Bye.